if the Seattle management isn't giving you their time of day, what makes you think that Jerry Jones is going to listen to you? Sometimes they're blowing teams out by pretending. Come on now. When they're on, they're on. Again, I'm going to need you to write LeBron a letter, send it to him, and say, Bron, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to hop off your bandwagon. Don't do that. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Kobe. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet a step late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape, never stay down. One more round, bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs, the Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by Jared Jones, and hopefully we can get Joe Aguirre on here soon. Uh, We will see. But uh, big fights tonight. But let's do a little recap. It's been a while. Nothing last week. No big fights. So let's backtrack in a little. Cyril gone. Unanimous decision over Alexander Volkov. Jared, what is next for this kid? I know you've been very high on him. Oh, yeah. What's next for him? This is the next great heavyweight champion. If he can get past Ngannou, I've been saying it for months, uh, if not years. This is the guy. Joe made the mistake of picking against him. That's the most unfortunate part about him not being here is his pick his lock of the week was the other guy. Um, this was, this was a shutout 50, 45, just like I said, it would be. And, uh, another step in the, in the climbing, climbing career of this gun kid. Who's, who's not going to be stopped anytime soon. Even in Ghana, will have to knock him out to win. And Ganu could lose 50-45 the same way his last two opponents did. No, yeah, I, I do think he is great. But uh, Nganu, just like the power he has, I, I think Nganu is going to stay champion for a long time. Gan, I, I understand that they're doing the Nganu-Lewis rematch. So so Gan still has some time. I, I think Volkov's good. But to really earn that title shot, I, I think he has to go against Stipe. And I, I think Stipe is a good matchup with him. Maybe like a, a young lion killing off the old 
uh, lion to take control. But, uh, yeah, but I don't like him matching up with Ngannou. I think Ngannou's just too – like that power he has. I, I He can knock out anyone. And Gan, he, he's good. If he can withstand that. Yes, if it goes to but to the scorecards, but, but this is we heavyweights. Any, this we is heavyweights. Window yet on this guy, and no one can punch as hard as Ngannou. Well, it doesn't matter if you're not putting your paws on him. It doesn't just, matter how hard these with guys heavyweights. Punch. With heavyweights, when really you can't hard. finish Did you fights, see him rock on. Did Rosa struck rock on? No, because he could have hit him. He could have hit him. This guy slams window shut. He's going to beat Stipe. Then he's going to beat Nganu. And he's going to have a, a heavyweight reign that is, that, that's, that's comparable to some of the better heavyweights we've had in the UFC. This is the next great heavyweight champion. His name is Cyril Gan. I've been saying it for okay. a long time. All right. I, I will, if he can beat Stipe, that's where I'll start. I, I you don't think he's the hype train with me months ago. I no, tried to get he's got to fight Stipe. He's got to beat Stipe in my my book. But I, I, right now, I still think Francis is the the ruler of the heavyweight division because he still Did has the belt. And to he's win this fight? Be no, yeah, I I think Volkov is a uh, is a gatekeeper, and I think Gon is like top five gatekeeper. Right. I'd say so. Yeah, I think Gon can't keep picking against this kid every fight. Joe will pick against him in all four of those fights and go 0 and 4. Since he's not here to defend himself, that's my prediction. He's going to go 0 and 4 in several Gon fights. All right, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited because, I mean, either way, when you're talking either Bell or the greatest of all time is your next fight, it's going to be exciting regardless. So things are looking uh, up for you. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited to see what this kid does to, to the top of the heavyweight division. Now let's switch over to boxing. Vasily Lomachenko. It's back in the win column after the, the Lopez fight against Masayoshi uh, Nakatani. Ninth round TKO. Can, is Loma back? Can he get back and avenge that loss with Tiafimo Lopez? Can he beat Lopez? Maybe. Um, I hate feeling like we missed the best years of this guy at 33 years old and having over 500 or almost 500 amateur fights. Uh, 400. Was he like 396 and one or something? 400 amateur fights. So we saw, and if you were watching, you saw an illustrious amateur career. Followed by nothing but world title fights. There's only one other guy to ever do that in their career. Um, and a, a resume that stacks up with anybody for a pound-for-pound pound list. Um, that, that all said, he moved up from 130 to 135 in uh, 2018. So he was 30 years old when he moved up a weight class. It just didn't make sense since then he's only knocked out anthony crawler and and has a decision lost to lopez decision win over luke campbell these guys are bigger and i think uh i think nakatani was kind of showed that um because he was so far outclassed by loma yeah 
but Loma just wasn't as dominant as he used to be. And I think that's because he came up a weight class in his 30s and at this point has 400-plus fights in him. He's 33 years old. His his best he's he's one of the best fighters in the world right now. I still would put him on any pound for pound list, but his best time might be past him. I thought in his last fight, or is it time to start talking about it, or is it just the weight change? And then he stayed at that weight class, and again had trouble getting a guy out of there. That at 130, 28 year old Loma at 130 pounds, Nakatani doesn't last two rounds with him. Yeah, I, I do think I, I, I'm i going to stay more on the Loma side. I, I think he is still adjusting to, to the bigger guys. I, I, I think I, I don't I'm not going to pack it up and let it in. Just give up on Loma yet. I, I think he still can figure his stuff out, get back to that, to where he was. I don't think the loan was gone yet. I, I do. It, it's tough with a bump in the road like this uh, Lopez fight was, but I, I think he's never going to truly be the same Loma unless he can get past Lopez. And I think that's the next fight to make. And you got to make that fight. You got to make that rematch. Or, or you don't like that? No, 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 I do. I just don't think it was a bump in the road. I think he moved up a weight class. He shouldn't have moved up because he's 30 years old. And he did it for big fights. And those upper echelon guys, he's going to have trouble with. Especially the bigger ones like Lopez. Fight Devin Haney. Fight Ryan Garcia. Fight somebody who's susceptible to your boxing skill. You're taking a guy whose styles make fights and he's dangerous and he's a bigger person than you are. And I don't know, man. It's a tough fight for him. It's a tough fight. Right. I, and I love Loma. I was, I've been one of his biggest supporters. I just think at 33 years old, you don't, you don't come up a weight class when you're 30. Going up weight classes is supposed to be a natural progression of life where you get bigger and bigger and, and eventually have to move up a weight class because you can't make that weight anymore. Tank Davis, you go up because you had trouble. You miss weight, comes up and takes a fight at a new weight class. You see guys do that all the time. They move up kind of by force. When you're 30 and you're a professional athlete, you're not putting on seven pounds by accident. And the guys you have to fight seven pounds bigger are, you know, tougher guys. They You, you need to have a way to win. I don't know if he can stop Lopez. And the volume he would have to throw against the bigger guys and thus absorb... To win a Lopez fight, that's a lot of mileage for a 33-year-old man to put on his body. I don't know, man. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think if anyone can do it, it's Loma. If anyone can get to where, where he's at and try and get past these hurdles, I, it, it's Vasily Lomachenko. And, I mean, he's one of the greatest, and, and I think he will show that. And uh, I, I I think it, 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 there is an adjustment period when you're going up, and I think he, it's taking him some time. But I, I do think he avenges the loss of Tiafimo Lopez, and uh, he, he continues to be one of the pound-for-pound best. I hope so. I hope so. you're right. Now, in the same general weight vicinity, Gervonta Davis knocks out Mario Barrios. 
Who does Davis need to fight next, in your opinion, Jared? Oh. To prove himself to you. I don't know, man. I heard Gary Russell calling him out. Do that. Gary Russell will smoke this kid. Gary Russell will eat this kid up. Davis is a man, and I and I and a man. I called Barrios, and I told people to bet on him. If you listen to me, you made two bucks. But I told you to bet on Barrios. That was the wrong answer. He was winning the fight. He'd won a, a handful of rounds. Santa Cruz won rounds against Davis. Davis has shown himself to be susceptible to boxers. So what happens when he gets in there with somebody he can't stop? He can't hurt. He's just, He's just bound to get outboxed. And Gary Russell? Yeah, okay. I'll watch that. <laughs> Gary Russell, I think, will clean this kid up. I, uh, Josh I, Taylor, he keeps calling himself the champion. You want to be the champion? Fight Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor will smoke him. Pro Grace, smoke him. Yeah, Plaza, I mean. Pistol, Robert Easter Jr. There are plenty of guys. Barboza, there, uh, Jose Ramirez. Look at his list. Jose Zapata, just oh man, that kid just that kid looks scary. So yeah, anyways, you fought number twelve on this list, and you're claiming number one, and this says you're number one. Why don't you fight the guy with the rest of the straps? Because you got problems with Josh Taylor. Don't call yourself the champion of that weight class. You can't, and that's what frustrates me. Eight eight weight classes, champion of eight different weight classes. Yeah, but you got like the international blonde-haired, under 172 and a half pounds, but over 171, uh, um, Eastern European. Like, get the hell out. No. Regular interim. Silver, bronze, amateur. Like, it. I can't. I can't. People I can't. magazine champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the interim <laughs> bridger strap. Like, come on. Come on, and now you're a champion of that weight class. No disrespect to Bridger. You know how we do. That hero blood. But it shouldn't be a weight class with its own set of champions. And if Javante Davis wants to claim that, then he doesn't understand boxing. Go fight Josh Taylor if you want that. And Pro Grace, Zapata, Ramirez. Ooh, Pedraza. Pedraza just ate up a really hard puncher named Julian, uh, Julian Rodriguez. I got the fight. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. Pedraza versus Davis is a good fight. But, I mean, there you go again. You're going from 12 to 10 to 7. You want to be the champion in that weight class? You're going to claim that on social media? Fight the best guy in that weight class before you leave. I've got what Davis is going to do. Now is the perfect time. Fight Lomachenko. Hey, if he's if he's pulling these McGregor, I mean, people talk about the McGregor, I mean, the Mayweather can't blueprint. Fight Loma. He's too big. But if Luma's stock's so low right now, might as well take the shot, get get in there, get in the hunt for pound for pound. I I, I think it is a doable for Javante Davis right now because if if right now Lomachenko after that Lopez loss is broken goods. Might as well take it. Strike while the iron's hot. Take the opportunities. I don't like it. I don't like it. He's too big. He just went up. He just went up two weight classes from there. Let me ask. Here's the problem. Oh, you, you're I have saying with he needs to go down, right? You, you're saying 
Loma, he's, he's going at the bigger one. He goes down. Devonta Davis goes up. They meet in the middle. And no, no, Davis is Davis just moved up out of the out of the weight class that Loma moved up into, and I'm saying Loma should move back down. He's going to be 10 pounds away from Davis if he goes back down. The problem I have with Davis is you're the world champion of the weight class, and you're the man, and you whooped everybody's ass and moved up to 135, and now you're the champion in that weight class. Who'd he beat at 130? Oh. Leo Santa Cruz? Uh, he yeah. didn't fight Lopez or Lomar or Haney or, or Kami or Ryan Garcia or, or Lee Selby. Willie Zapata is a great follow. Oh, go back. Please go back down and fight William Zapata. If you saw Zapata fight last night, this guy, this it, it was like the Rocky story. You got one guy who's like Olympic type, um, all the pedigree in the world but kind of matched a little bit soft. Hector uh, Tanahara was the guy's name. Matched a little bit soft. And another uh, Mexican guy that does 20 knockouts in 22 fights, all wins, and matched up rough. So one of those guys was fighting something he'd seen before, and the other one just had never been. I picked the underdog here and got the win. It's part of why I'm so excited about it. But please, Tank Davis, go back down. Fight Zapata and prove you're the best at that weight class because you haven't done that for me. You didn't beat Loma. You didn't beat Lopez. You didn't beat Haney, Kami, Garcia. None of these guys. You didn't even fight them. You fought guys like near the top 20 and called yourself a champion because you got some worthless belt. And now you're at 135 claiming you're the champion because you beat Barrios. Like you might as well just move up to 140. And and take out I don't know uh, some column or Liam, and call yourself <laughs> a champion of that weight class too. You you just need that one fight. I, I think he just needs that one tough opponent that we can that can take him and show him what that next level is. And if I, he's I, gonna win a fight, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to beat somebody. You can't lose rounds to Santa Cruz and Barrios. And then knock them out when you were down on the scorecards. I had this one 97 all when it stopped. I mean, you can't, that's, that's not the greatest fighter of four weight classes streaking through and beating everybody else. That's not what that is. You're losing rounds and you're destined to lose a fight. You're too big for a lot of these guys in these weight classes, but man, fight somebody, fight somebody your size, go fight the, the, the Porter Pacquiao uh, loser. Like, do something. Tank Davis just does not do it for me. I don't like the guy at all. Just not a fan. I get it. I, I get it, but, I mean, <clears throat> he, he hasn't really done anything great, but he still – I don't get why he still is a name. I, I guess he does have that oh, affiliation with Mayweather. He, he's good, but, like, I, I feel like more people know who Gervonta Davis is than, like, Someone like a Loma. So some of these good guys, someone like an Inouye. Like, there's these good guys that are top of their class. But more people know Javante Davis. That's that's the real problem I have. Well, to this. be fair, a lot of people were shocked early in that fight when Barrios did absolutely everything I said he was going to do except for not get knocked out and win. 
you know, but I, but I, but they, the, my, my final call was Davis will need to knock him out to win this fight. Similar to a call I'm going to make later today. Spoiler alert. He had to knock him out to win and the scorecards reflected it and the fight reflected it and the three knockdowns and the 11th round knockout for Davis. Make that next step though, kid. Don't walk around and tout yourself as the best when you haven't even fought anybody in the top 10 of any of those divisions on your way up. But you're the greatest four division champion. You know what that sounds like when I hear that? I mean, Google four division champions, five division, six division. You're going to see guys from back in the day that had to beat everybody in that division to get the strap and then go somewhere else and get one belt from whoever had it not one of 17 and then ha got it it's like an interim belt and then you vacate it and yeah. move up a weight class because you've already been a champion i already did everything that needed to be accomplished in this weight class and i'm moving on to 135 like come on man come on javante davis please fight somebody now barrios good opponent you just moved up in weight class good first fight you proved that you're you carried your power into this weight class now you need to go fight somebody he needs to get that statement win that statement win for uh, off a good a good boxer and i, I i'm excited i don't see, see it coming in the foreseeable future but i'm excited to see it when it does happen because i think i think it will uh with a promoter <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that's but uh UT's talking about fights coming up. We're going to run a quick ad break, and then we'll be back to talk about the big fight tonight, UFC 264. So stay tuned. The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what UAW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay crossum. All right, guys, this Saturday night, we have the exciting conclusion to one of the most explosive trilogies in MMA history as Dustin the Diamond Poirier takes on the notorious Conor McGregor. Let's break it down. Dustin Poirier, 32 years old. He's 5'9 with a 72-inch reach and a record of 27-6-1 with 13 knockouts and 7 submissions. From Lafayette, Louisiana, Poirier had a troubled youth taking up martial arts after dropping out of high school in his freshman year. He turned professional at the age of 20 in 2009 with a first-round knockout and won his first seven-by stoppage before joining the promotion World Extreme Cage Fighting, losing a unanimous decision to Danny Castillo. He bounced back with a first-round knockout of Zach Mickelwright and then joined the UFC in 2011. After going on another five-fight winning streak, which included a triangle armbar submission of Max Holloway, he headlined his first UFC event, losing via Darce choke to the Korean Zombie. After dropping a decision to Cub Swanson, he scored a first-round knockout of Diego Brandau and a second-round TKO over Akira Khorasani, then faced Conor McGregor on September 27, 2014, getting dropped by a left in round one and finished with ground and pound. In his next fight, he stepped up to lightweight, knocking out Carlos Fajero with a left cross and right uppercut, and followed that with another first-round knockout, stopping Yancey Medeiros with punches. However, in his second headlining event, he was knocked out by Michael Johnson in September 2016. 
Five months later, he defeated Jim Miller by a majority decision and then submitted Anthony Pettis via body triangle before taking on dangerous top contender Justin Gaethje in 2018. In an instant classic, they engaged in an epic back-and-forth brawl that saw both men land vicious leg kicks and brutal combinations before Poirier finally wobbled Gaethje in round four, backing him up against the cage and dropping him with a fusillade of punches before Herb Dean stopped the action. Two months later, he stopped Eddie Alvarez via second-round TKO and defeated Max Holloway by decision before challenging lightweight kingpin Khabib Nurmagomedov, losing via rear-naked choke in round three. After a 10-month layoff, he engaged in another brutal back-and-forth with Dan Hooker, winning by unanimous decision. On January 24, 2021, he avenged his loss from seven years earlier, taking on old foe Conor McGregor, controlling the fight early with devastating leg kicks, and then knocking out McGregor with two right hooks against the cage. One of the hardest hitters in the lightweight division, Poirier likes to throw punches in combinations and has excellent low kicks to measure distance. He's also a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and is equally as effective on the ground as he is on his feet. Conor McGregor, 32 years old. He's 5'9 with a 74-inch reach and a record of 22-5 with 19 knockouts. From Dublin, Ireland, McGregor began training in boxing at age 12 to fight off bullies and started his MMA training at 18 while working as a plumber's apprentice. He turned pro in 2008 with a second-round TKO but lost his third fight via knee bar to Artem Sedekov. After getting submitted by Joseph Duffy in 2010, he won his next six in a row all by knockout before defeating Dave Hill via rear naked choke to win the Cage Warriors featherweight title. And in his next fight, knocked out Ivan Bucketer with a perfect left cross counter to win the lightweight title. He made his UFC debut in 2013 with a first round knockout of Marcus Brimage. And after a unanimous decision over Max Holloway, he stopped Dustin Poirier in the first round with a left cross followed by ground and pound. In July 2015, he won the interim featherweight title with a second round TKO over Chad Mendez and six months later unified the title with a 13-second one-punch knockout of Jose Aldo. In March of 2016, he engaged in a savage back-and-forth struggle with Nate Diaz, with both men inflicting heavy damage before Diaz secured the mount and began raining down punches forcing McGregor to turn around and gets submitted via rear naked choke. Six months later, the two met again with the same back and forth action, this time with McGregor pulling out the majority decision. On November 12, 2016, McGregor joined a rare fraternity, becoming one of a handful to win world titles in two divisions when he put on a dominant display against Eddie Alvarez, dropping him multiple times before stopping him in the second round. After months of inactivity, he was stripped of his titles, and in August of 2017, fought in one of the highest-selling pay-per-view fights in boxing history against Floyd Mayweather, putting up a decent show before getting stopped in the 10th round. After two years away from MMA, he made his return to the octagon against all-time great Khabib Nurmagomedov in one of the biggest fights of the history of the sport, losing via fourth-round neck crank. After a year of alternating between campaigning for a rematch with Khabib and floating the idea of retirement, he returned in January of 2020 with a 40-second knockout of Cowboy Cerrone. After talking about retirement again, he came back one year later to take on Dustin Poirier, taking heavy damage to his left leg before getting knocked out in round two. One of the hardest pound-for-pound -pound punchers in the sport, McGregor possesses a powerful pullback left cross counter and is both a highly aggressive counter striker and a master of psychological warfare. 
Can a refocused McGregor pull off the upset to prove that he still belongs at the top of the sport? Or will Poirier score another knockout as he eyes a showdown with lightweight champion Charles Oliveira? Tune in Saturday night for a fight you won't want to miss. Jared, who will come out victorious in the rubber match? Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier. Um, that's that's the better bet. Uh, it's not that Connor can't win. I just think Connor has to stop Dustin to win. He can't. Um, he's not gonna overpower him. He's not gonna. This is not gonna be some masterful game plan by Connor that Dustin just can't figure out. The longer it goes, the more it favors Dustin. Both of these guys have shown themselves susceptible to being knocked out. And Connor, I mean, same thing I said about Loma. Uh, he's, we've seen his best days. This guy won 14 in a row. Um, the pinnacle of which was Jose Aldo, 13 second knockout. Then he fought Nate Diaz twice. This was the best Connor McGregor we were going to get, Eddie Alvarez. If you count the Floyd Mayweather fight where he took a lot of damage. He took a lot of small punch damage, and they say that's worse than getting knocked out when you take a lot of little punches. He took a lot of punches. Uh, Nurmagomedov, four rounds with him, took, a, took some damage. Cerrone, 40 seconds. I mean, did he, did he land any strikes? Um, but, the, <laughs> but so you've lost three of the last four if you're counting Floyd, and you're 33 years old. Um, you're fighting somebody you can beat. On the plus side, there's a chance. But no, don't take Connor here. Uh, talking about a comeback, and there's going to be some kind of that guy we saw highlights of that look that that mirrors like Silva or Adesanya at times. The best of that is behind us. Take Poirier if you're uh, if you're gambling. I'm okay if your heart's with McGregor, but. Your brain should know better at this point than to think he's going to fight at the level he needs to to compete at the level he's on. Dude, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get all these casual fans, all these people. I don't get why they're drawn to this fight. I get Trilla. McGregor's here. Trilla. I, I, I get McGregor's here. Cool. McGregor's here. It's Conor McGregor. Cool. Take your pictures. He's nothing. He's washed up. He's done. 2016. Dustin Poirier's last loss, kind of that, that same year, McGregor won the lightweight title. You mentioned it. In his last four since that point, Conor McGregor has won one against an old Cerrone. Dustin Poirier has won seven, his only loss being to Khabib uh, in that. He beat Pettis, Gaethje, Alvarez, Holloway, and McGregor. McGregor's... Only win since that one point. And that's An it. At minus 130, cowboy. those are no good. At minus 130, those numbers are just no good. I mean, McGregor, the way he's talking, the way he's acting, he looks like old McGregor. But is that going to translate into the into the octagon? I, I don't think so. I can see him coming and maybe getting lucky. That That's all you got. He, he showed it even in the Cerrone fight. Ever since, ever since the... Second Nate Diaz fight, he's just a spurt guy. He gives you that one spurt at yeah. the beginning, can knock you out, 
like he did with Alvarez, like he did with uh, Cerrone. But then once you get him in the second round, once you get him in the third round, he, he, he gets tired. So I see Poirier wearing him down, leg kicks. I I, I don't think Poirier is going to necessarily go for the finish like he did last time. I, I, well, I think McGregor is going to be a little better. I see Poirier getting it to the ground. Because because even McGregor, that first fight against Nate Diaz, when he got tapped out, he was so tired. He took a shot. Why are you taking a shot on Nate Diaz? I, I, I see a similar situation going here. Dustin Poirier locks in a triangle, gets his back, rear naked choke, makes Connor. He made Connor go night night for the first time. He's going to make knocking him out. He's going to put him to sleep. Be the fifth person to put him to sleep. It's does Poirier is far and ways better than Conor McGregor. But but that's not the story here. Jared, that's not the story with this fight. Conor McGregor is ruining UFC. Why is Dustin Poirier taking this fight? Number one contender in the lightweight division. The belt was up for grabs. No one had the belt. Khabib just retired. There's this. You, you, you ain't taking Oliveira. You ain't taking the fight with Chandler to get the belt around your waist. You're going to go say, hey, this guy, Conor McGregor, he's washed, but he's going to make me a lot of money. And I'm not going to blame Dustin Poirier for going and taking the money fight. I'm going to blame Conor McGregor and Dana White because you you have to respect the belts. And Conor McGregor has not respected the belts oh, at all in his Conor. career. Knocked out. Blame Connor. If you're not working with a system that forces you in a certain direction, human beings are going to do the thing that's most rewarding for them. We need to build this. It's why I like uh, BoxRex ELO system. And if I had my way, we'd bracket that ELO system. So that as you were a certain range, you could only fight guys in a certain range. And everybody would kind of, you know, Connor would have lost enough points to be out of this fight having lost two of his last three in the UFC so that you wouldn't get these um, supply and demand. Like in the Olympics, you make a big tournament, everybody fights each other. And at the end you have the best one, you know, this, uh, this, yeah, this is a result of supply and demand. And if we don't have something forceful in stone with charts and numbers attached that, you know, exactly Okay, Connor lost, so he's down here. So here's his next possible 12 opponents. That would make sense. Um, it doesn't make sense to have Floyd out there knocking out kickboxers and then they're crying and stuff. That's that's that doesn't make sense. That brings us to our next topic. Who you got? Who has ruined their sport more? Floyd Mayweather or Connor McGregor? Yeah, from based off what you just said, is it Floyd for you? That the kickboxers, the 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 Pauls, is that getting to you? Well, well, you, I, it's more of a blueprint, but at the same time, man, I can't, I can't say I would have done it much different. I would have been a hero or a heel. You sell as many tickets as you can. You take the safest fights you can, and uh, you know, putting yourself—it's what I love about William Zapata. Look this guy up. Just took the toughest fight every time. And knock the guy out almost every time. And the last was a former Olympian. So, um, but that's not 
I saw an interview with Justin Gagey before he was in the UFC, and he was like, I understand with my fighting style, you know, those guys don't, you don't get a lot of mileage out of the car when you drive it like that or something, something along those lines. Um, I don't think we can really credit this to more than evolution and supply and demand. I don't want to blame Floyd or Connor for flaws in the system. I expect people, maybe, maybe I'm an optimist or a cynic, who knows, but I expect people to take advantage of those things that aren't in stone for them. If I said, Hey, if you can build your fan base up here and keep the, your opponent's skill level down here, you're going to make a lot of money and you'll never lose a fight. We're going to keep it safe for you and you're going to make millions of dollars. What would you say? Hey, come on. Why not? Why not? Give me the motivation because, and that's what we do. We sit back here in our chairs. This thing, this is not, look, this is not the most comfortable chair. I got to tell you, this is not, that one's better, but, but we sit here. This is what we do. As the media, we sit here in our chairs and we say they ought to be out there fighting the toughest guy every time and figuring out who the best is. If you're not forcing me to do that, if there's not somebody saying, here's your matchup, I'm not doing that. I want to make the most money I can as safe as I can. Okay, but, but reward. then why uh, the best, the best fighters should be be pay, getting paid the most. Conor McGregor's not the best fighter anymore. No, no, wait, wait, why? Why, why should the best fighters make the most money? Because they're the best. No. Bump that. If you can sell more tickets than I can, what does it matter if I can beat you up? You're going to make more money than me. If you can sell more tickets, me, my ability to beat you up doesn't matter you're going to make more money than me fighting. It's the butts in the seat. It's the eyes on the television. And it's not necessarily the skill level of the fighters that's getting those things anymore. See Bud Crawford and Lomachenko, the greatest fighters on the planet right now, that nobody knows who they are. But okay. it's easy to sit here and say the best should fight. Them. Everybody should be Loma. Everybody should move up weight classes, and then he gets two losses on his record, and everybody wants to trash him, and he comes off every pound-for-pound pound list. But he's 10 pounds bigger than where he's naturally fighting, and he made that change in his 30s. Why? To entertain us and to prove to himself that he's the greatest fighter on the planet. And we can't get that from everybody. And a system that's built like this is going to produce... It's share of Floyd Mayweather's and Conor McGregor's. I don't blame either one of them. That's my answer. No, well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame McGregor based off w what you said. I mean, I, I can get Mayweather. He 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 did all he had to do, and then he started going after money fights. Man, maybe picked and choose a little bit later on in his career when he was doing what he was doing. But I mean, it, it is what it is. That was. Later on in his career, but at McGregor, Tank's age, he'd fought Castillo, Corrales, every like he. he no, yeah, already, that's what I'm saying. At the top, claiming that belt because he beat everybody else. Because the next best guy, he knocked down six times in their fight. That's why he was claiming that. No, Tank yeah, Davis is claiming it with nothing. So, Connor has followed that that late Floyd blueprint. 
his whole career since he got Man. the Aldo fight. So that's since fair. the Aldo fight, okay, he went up fair. two if weight I classes. Pick one, it's Connor because he never really did that. Yeah, Coach Floyd did. Go see how good I am before I'm like, all right, now I'm comfortable with my toughness and want to make some money. McGregor got the belt at featherweight, went up two weight classes to fight Nate Diaz. That makes no sense. Then come back down to lightweight only to go box. What is going on here? You got to put some respect on the belts. And now now you're – I get it. But these are your best years. You you reached this pinnacle. Yeah, so this go pinnacle of not gonna... and make 50, 40, 50 million. What do you make off that fight? That makes sense. I, okay, but at least you're put some. Be, there there needs to be eight. respect on the belt. Uh, if this is the UFC. This isn't boxing. The, There's a well, four the UFC different belts. You on need the belt. respect. Then the boxing boxing needs a national commission. And the UFC, UFC needs what? to have more respect. UFC on the did have respect on the belts before Conor McGregor came in. It started long ago. You want to blame somebody? Okay, uh, since we're blaming fighters, who did uh, GSP came back and got a title fight that he lost? Uh, uh, like 15 pounds bigger than he was fighting at before. Oh, he that. beat Bisping. He beat Bisping. Um, yeah. Yeah, but how do you get that fight? No, Who's yes, but that was after Conor McGregor. That's after Conor McGregor. That's what I'm talking about. Conor McGregor has ruined UFC when he came in. That Aldo fight, that happened. And then that Nate Diaz fight. Ever since that Nate Diaz fight coming up two weight classes, look, you brought up the, the GSP against Bisping. That was after that. Yeah, this weird thing that Adesanya did, going up just get his ass whooped by Blackwoods and then come back down after that. John Jones, what the hell? What's he doing? Does he want a belt? Is he, not? Is he, is he retired? Chad Does Dawson, he... when he ran out of people at light heavyweight, went down to super middle to get a shot, super fight with Andre Ward. So we get that from some of our fighters. Some of our fighters do want that. Oh, there's a guy close to me that might be as good as me. Good, I'll fight him. Let's go. Where do I find him? Canelo and Baturbiev, you're talking about the greatest years of your life passing you by, and there's a guy standing right next to you and has been the whole time. Clarissa Shields, what are you doing with your life? All right, come on. This is because, and it bothers me because Connor was never that. I'm sorry, Connor McGregor fans, but he was never that oh. top of the line, upper echelon fighter. Oh my God, this guy has it. His his stake was in his sellability. Well, am I, am I wrong? I mean, you're not. Connor's Connor's Connor's. That was his shtick. Clarissa Shields bothers me because if she goes out and beats Savannah Marshall, I'm on board. She's she's the greatest female fighter. Put her with Katie Taylor at different weight classes. Mount Rushmore for the rest of my days. You could bury me and put both of those girls on it, but she's got to be Savannah Marshall. She hasn't done that. She's not going to do that. You want to blame somebody, blame somebody who has at least has the skill level to be at that because this guy, this is what he had. Emmanuel Augustus was an entertainer. This guy's an entertainer and that's what he's doing. He's entertaining and he's doing a great job doing it because his agenda is to make money and not figure out that he's the greatest fighter in the world. He'll tell you he's the greatest fighter in the world and he wants to fight all the greatest fighters in the world because that's what makes him the most money. 
right. I can't yeah, blame I it. I don't blame that dude. <laughs> Joe, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Poirier versus oh, McGregor. What's your insight? Um, look, here's the thing. Uh, Conor McGregor has won one fight in the last five years. And these guys just ran the first one back several months ago. We saw how that went. And um, I, I just don't see there being, I don't see there being a big difference in, in the last fight to this fight. Um, I was just reading uh, last night, Stevie Wonderboy Thompson uh, talked about Stevie Wonderboy. <laughs> Wonderboy. Right, yeah. Wonderboy was talking about Connor's fighting stance. And he talked about the fact that when, when Connor was one of the most feared guys in the UFC, that his style, like that of Wonderboy, was that karate style. Not a lot of guys yeah. still use karate style. Now he noted Connor is fighting like a boxer. And that's the reason why his leg got destroyed in the fight with Poirier. That'd be ironic. Yeah. Um, and and I don't um I don't I again I don't know that there's gonna be a huge difference here. I don't know that we're gonna see much of um we're gonna see much of a different fight. I mean, listen, Connor, if he can't blow Poirier out in the first, we know uh that's a bad sign. If if Poirier's not done in those first five, you should should quickly switch your money on to Poirier. He'll, yeah, yeah, he'll he'll have to knock him out to win, a la Gervonta Davis. Yeah, Ooh, and I'm and glad I, you missed uh, that portion of the show. Yeah, <laughs> we can go back and talk about Cyril Gone if you'd like, though. Um, uh, uh sander already coming at me i appreciate that joe last time you thought fighters don't make changes moreno happened um i don't know that moreno did much different uh i think just the results of that fight were different i think that fight was more evenly matched than any of us thought um look that's not to say that 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 connor can't win this fight he certainly can we we know connor still got the knockout power i don't think anybody disputes that but fact of the matter is is one win in five years. He's never had a stoppage after round two. So he either wins a decision or he knocks you out before the round round two is over. He's never had a stoppage otherwise. Well, so, I, always yeah. talk, I always talk about when we do hypothetical fights, um, ways to get the other guys to win. And I just thought of a, of, of a really good one. If it's like a 10-foot a, a ring. You know, so so a bathroom basically that these guys and it's a boxing match only, and it's forty five seconds. I'm taking Connor all day, all day in that fight. Forty five seconds, boxing only, ten by ten ring. Oh, that's Connor. So there are pockets of time where he's going to be the better fighter. There are situations and instances where he's going to be better, but the overall here. I see him getting overwhelmed by a guy who's a little bit younger, a little bit tougher, and a little bit better at this game. McGregor was able to land his in that last fight in the first round. With Poirier stuck that first round, Poirier stuck to the leg kicks. McGregor was was hitting him a little uh, to the body and the head. But I, I think that I, Poirier is a actual lightweight. Uh, McGregor is, I, I think his body, I, I think the way he punches, he's more of a featherweight. Look at look at the Max Holloway 
fight. He, he was hitting Poirier, but but his his shots didn't seem like anything. But when Poirier was hitting him, it, it meant something because he was an actual lightweight. Dustin Poirier is an actual lightweight. M McGregor had to edge at featherweight, but but not at lightweight. At lightweight, Dustin Poirier is the best in the world, and he needs to get past this. McGregor can go fight a Paul brother, and Poirier can go fight for the belt. But uh, we talked a lot about this fight. But now let's get into the rest of the card. Starting off with the puncher's chance, Jared. Tell us what you got here. I'm going to show you how to make 14 cents real quick. Um, I didn't like any of the fights on this card. So you'll see three upsets that literally have a puncher's chance. I think maybe you round robin those three fights, each one of them by themselves, every set of two, and then all three of them together for a total of seven. When Dennis McCain finishes John Chua in under four and a half, your minus $140, $10 will win you $7.14. And next week, I will have won you 14 cents as the most likely scenario. But if any of those other three things happen, you're welcome. Puncher's chance. Hell yeah. All right. And before we move on, fight of the night. Well, let's give some recognition to some other fights on the card. Jared, well, what's a fight you're watching? Upset. Ryan Hall, heel hook. I, I like that. Well, there's two particular fights on this card I'm very interested in. One being... My man, Wonder Boy. I like Stephen Thompson uh, and Gilbert Burns, and that's going to be a really great fight. Can I like Wonder him, Boy. I don't mean to under interrupt. Can you call him Stevie Wonder Boy from now? <laughs> because I really liked that. <laughs> Stevie Wonder Boy. Stevie Wonder Boy. All right. Um, I like Wonder Boy. You know, they he's a guy who every yeah. time Wonder Boy gets put in a position where he needs to win a big fight in order to get a title shot, he's found a way to blow it. Uh, I love Wonder Boy. I really do. Gilbert Burns, a tough SOB. That's a tough fight for, for Wonder Boy. Uh, I'm very excited for that one. And, dude, anytime Sean O'Malley is throwing hands, it's uh, the, the prospect of the walk-off knockout is on. He's fighting a guy with green hair named Chris Mutinho uh, or Mutino. Um, I'm, I'm just excited. Anytime Sean O'Malley's in a ring, I got to watch it because, uh, dude, there's just something about this guy, uh, and, and those knockouts. I absolutely, uh, am very excited for that. What do you call a promiscuous adolescent cow? Mutinho. Yeah. He's got <laughs> no chance here though. No chance. O'Malley kicks his butt. And by the way, Joe, at negative 160. Stevie Wonder Boy is my uh, lock for that MMA card. Really? Yes. Oh, damn! All right. I like it. Wonder Boy. I, I I'm excited for the O'Malley fight too, Joe. I I I just want him to get into the, like the actual like top of the bantamweights. I want to get him to get in the mix of that because I think that 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 would be interesting because I think he's he's a beast. Uh, I love watching him fight. But for me, I got two as well. Nico Price versus Michel Pereira. That's going to be a banger on the prelims. Yikes. Don't want to miss it. That's going to be awesome. But my, my, my main card fight, 
Ty Tuivasa against Greg Hardy. I want to see the heavyweights go. And Tuivasa had the first flying knee knockout in the heavyweight division. So you know he's, he's wild. Greg Hardy, obviously former NFL players. I mean, he's, he's had some okay wins. But now I think Tuivasa is a real test for him. So I, I'm excited to see how that goes. I was ho I was actually ho those were the two fights I was hoping got mentioned during this segment. So bravo, Jace. Well done. Dude, not for nothing, dude. My man uh Mikel Pereira. Uh you guys know how much I love that dude, man. Uh his last fight was absolutely lackluster, and most people were confused. I I now I'm totally drawing a blank as to who he fought. It was um, Nico Price. I'm pretty sure they're running it back, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was um an absolute disaster. It was uh, a weird fight uh, of two guys who there was a lot going on, but not a lot of fighting. You know, it's it's two guys who can really move and and are very athletic, and it was a lot of that and not a whole lot of banging. So uh, it'll it'll I I'm telling you, dude, Mikel Pereira. Looks like and seems to have the skill set of a champion and then loses to uh, uh, Tristan Connolly from Canada. You know, it, it's it's inexplicable that oh, that man. guy's skill set doesn't translate to like big wins. It does. It just he also tires himself out. Yeah. Sander, he's a wild man doing the Capoeira and stuff. Uh, it's fun to watch. But in, in the fight against uh, Connolly and then uh, in the last fight with Price. Dude, this guy goes nuts for the first four or five minutes, and then he's shot. Yeah, stop jumping off the cage, bro. Just You're talking about uh, chaos. Williams was the name of his opponent, a unanimous decision win, and it was a snooze. Horrible, yeah. absolutely fight horrible fight. And again, hard. it's you know, you guys know I got a soft spot for this dude. I was so excited for that fight, and it couldn't have been any worse. So hopefully, he he gets it together. Um. I don't know, man. I, I feel like this guy could be – he could be something. And I'll tell you what, not for nothing, but Nico Price certainly is a guy who, man, you can't mess around there. Uh, and Nico Price will destroy you. So, um, it, to me, I'd love to see Pereira do something, but if I was going to throw some money on this, uh, Nico Price all day. Yeah, Connolly with that upset was funny, uh, says Sander. Uh, Pereira went nuts the first round. I mean, jumping off all, and then and then the rest of the fight, dude. He couldn't do anything. It Chase, was unbelievable. Pop quiz, Chase. Who's older, Price or Pereira? Pereira. Yeah, it would have to be Pereira, right? By four years. Yeah, isn't that Nico insane? Price is thirty-one, and Pereira's twenty-seven. You guys were both oh, wrong. Whoa. By oh, really? Years. I don't know. Pereira's Twenty-seven to thirty-one. Nico Price is the older. I did not realize Pereira was twenty-seven. I thought he was older for some reason. Eleven record is a little deceiving, I guess, for a twenty-seven-year-old. Wow. But yeah, Nico Price is no joke. This is like must-see if you're if you're a fight fan. This is this is you. You're gonna want to tune in for Pereira. By the way, I saw uh, uh, Sandra put another comment in. Johnny Walker. Um, Pereira definitely has some Johnny Walker vibes, but Johnny Walker, boy, the guy doesn't mess around, dude. He is one of my favorites. I think that guy has a huge future, uh, in the UFC. Johnny Walker, boy, like six, seven, super athletic, does backflips and stuff too. 
Um, but in the actual fight, he doesn't do anything insane like Pereira does. And so uh, Johnny Walker can can last. Pereira to me is very like I get like Uriah Hall vibes. Like he can do some flashy stuff, but then like when it comes down to it, he like when he gets past that, he can't really do anything that great. Do that all that spinning stuff all he wants, but when you when you got someone at a level that sees all that stuff coming, you, you aren't gonna the that stuff isn't gonna fly. This so is a, this is MMA's version of Tank Davis. Sooner, what do you do when that doesn't work? It's a one trick pony with really cool one tricks. Well, I'm gonna have to go back and see how many times Jared has brought Tank Davis. It was uh, hard for me. That was hard for me. But uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the Scrub Scraps Spotlight. So stay tuned for that. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, we'll float in Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, it's fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Quest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Hey, we welcome on Matt for the Scrub Scrap Spotlight. What's going on, Matt? How you doing? I'm good. How you guys doing? Good, good, good. So, Matt, how did you come to Scrub Scraps? What is your connection to Jared and Scrub Scraps? I ended up uh, a friend of a friend. He told me about it. Put you guys in the backyard, hang out, and have some fun, and do some boxing. So, sounded like a good time. Nice. So, what? Uh, explain the whole scrub traps experience from your eyes. Like, well, how how did everything work out? Yeah, it was weird at first. It was more of a, you know, first time I started out. It was more of a party environment. Everyone was kind of drinking, but also fighting. And friendly environment from the start, and then like the more the more we did it, the more you know, it kind of got honed into a, a, just just about sport and about you know hanging out with people. Got, got a lot cleaner and cleaner over the years. It was, it was a good time. That's funny you say that. In a lot of ways, I feel like uh, Scrub Scraps kind of was my pro- progression as a human being, you know, going through yeah. my uh, master's program in psychology from, you know, prison and drug use and up through alcoholism. And it was just a fight club when we started. You know, yeah. you started a couple years in. Now, you're specifically. Uh, one of the stories that I mean, if I could go back and change a scrub scrap story, it would be yours. Yeah. Um, you are one of the toughest kids we've had, and and most deceiving athletically, <laughs> I have to say. I I his first fight was against uh, Dub Dub, who we've talked about a few times, our heavyweight on the show before, and Matt just went in mosh pit mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that transition while the boxing, by the way, (laughs) tough, tough lesson, tough lesson. Oh yeah. But, um, but got in there with a guy that I was having difficulty matching up because he was just, you know, so, so tough as nails. Um, but, uh, just, just, just tough, tough fights. 
tough fights, all of them. I never felt like you really got to show. Uh, Dom has a draw. Our our current heavyweight champion, after Dub Dub retired, has a draw with a kid named Nick, yeah. who Matt beat. Um, that was a close, close one too. Oh, really close. One. Yeah, 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 but yeah. your uh, your athleticism when your knee holds up is really, really good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I definitely I know that. Uh, I guess what I would say is that I feel like that your scrub scraps experience most resembles the boxing experience without scrub scraps. Yeah. You go in there, you just want to get in and you just yeah. want to show it. And then you get, you get dinged up and you kind of go home and maybe you try it a little bit from here and there. Yeah. And then you go back. And there was a trip to the gym with this young kid that I'd sparred with a couple times. And I was like, Hey, I, he was a bigger guy. I said, I have some bigger guys that could use some work. Uh, he, he mopped the ring. With us. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't know why, but, but I had told you guys in another show, uh, 15 years old, 190 pounds yeah. and just would have beat anybody we had there. Like Dom dub dub would have his hands full, would have beat anybody at scrub scraps the entire time, but I'd sparred with him a bit. Yeah. And toned it down. So I was like, all right, you know, I could get you some round robin rounds with three guys that are going to be like sloppy and not what you're used to. But if you can do this with them and he just one, two, three, and then walks over to me and says they need to work on their chins. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> um, so, so again, that's not stuff. I've said it to you, Joe, about uh, your experience with me there and, uh, and a body shot I landed that you felt a week or two after that, you know, that that's, a, that's kind of a unique experience for scrub scraps. And the thing that as we grew and evolved, I tried to most avoid, you know. I mean, what's I, I cool about it? Like, we, we walked into that boxing gym and didn't feel welcome the whole time. So we weren't, you know, we weren't sinking we weren't you know registered and all that so we kind of you know kept getting getting the eye from all the guys that were there and almost expected that to happen yeah i think we're trying to kind of prove a point and that's right where scrub scraps fits in you know we're just there to have fun and do a sport and yeah, well, and that, that's what was heartbreaking for me, because I feel like we talk all the time about your, 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 uh, who you got this week was about who's ruined their sport more, Floyd Mayweather or Conor, Conor McGregor. And I'm talking about the entertainment factor. Because yeah. you bring these, these Matts and Nicks and Anthony Bakers and you have them box each other. And I promise you it's more entertaining than Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. So we've got that entertainment part, you know, but then we go to that gym and a kid that, that at this point has stopped boxing. He's a one in five amateur and he doesn't fight anymore. He's probably about 19, 20 years old. He's not boxing. He went one in five as an amateur. Huh. Um, and that's what you get. And that kid's a beast. That's what I'm saying. Like there are wolves in there. There's just no room. So it's, when it's entertaining on any level, you know, when somebody could run into your basement right now, tackle you and have a fist fight and the podcast would go viral. <laughs> when that's how, when, when fighting brings that, yeah. why aren't we just opening it up to everybody? Because that sucks for yeah. your experience is more like my experience. I just got to go get my ass kicked a bunch of times and I'll get better as I, yeah. you know, I'll get better as I go.
Yeah. <laughs> it's a trial by fire. It's a much harder way to learn than uh, than the thing we were able to build. Effective though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it works over time. Um, so, so one thing I wanted to ask you is, um, of course, you fought like early on and some years ago, and then you fought in some of the more recent ones. Yeah. Um, but you also have been a judge, a ref, um, a corner man, yeah. a very good corner man, in my opinion. Um, what, what has going through some of those other boxing responsibilities been like for you? Uh, it's just nice cause you get to be there for somebody else and try to help somebody else out and help them have a good time. And even doing those, you know, you end up friends and talking with, you know, the people you corner, the people you fought with, or people you otherwise wouldn't really socialize with much or, you know, it's a good icebreaker for all that too. Absolutely. Matt, what what's the biggest change that you've seen in yourself from before scrub traps to after scrub traps to now? Uh, it's humbling for sure, as far as you know, your physical limitations. Ever since I've looked at two minutes in an entirely different way. <laughs> two minutes in that boxing ring—that's an eternity. So, uh, I tried to be a little bit more healthy afterwards, and uh, especially while I was doing it, that was probably some of the the most healthy thing I've had as an adult. Well, and that's something you echo something a lot of people who've been on here have said that as far as my physical health, it's been the most motivating thing for me. Yeah. And even I can attest to that. You tell me we're going to box in a month, you know, I'll go jog today. I haven't jogged in a year, yeah. two years, you know, but if I, if I had one coming up, all right, better get my head around it. It's yeah. funny how all of those other life, stressors and all of the healthy uh, uh takeaways that come with that staying in shape you know for some of us it takes an upcoming fist fight to get us to pretty much yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah joe you got anything before we go uh i do yeah you know uh we we talk about this a lot but um there's i i think there's just something um very sobering in getting punched in the face when you're a person who hasn't been punched in the face before. Um, and I, and I, and I would be curious, you know, uh, you look like a tough guy, uh, just looking at you. I imagine your first time walking in into scrub scraps, you felt, uh, pretty confident. Uh, can you talk about the first time that you got punched and you were like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, well, the first time there, I was in party mode and mosh pit mode. I, I think I was drinking Jaeger bombs before the thing. I was, you know, prepping for like reckless mosh pit and go on and start swinging with the guy. And, and my swings weren't hitting him because it's it's a totally different ball game. And yeah, you clocked in the face a couple times. And yeah, it, it's something different. It's just you alone in there. It's not a you got to take care of yourself. It's uh, wasn't what I was expecting. I talk about a lot my first experience with Scrub Scraps, sparring with Jared. And, um, and and Jared, I know we talk about this a lot of the times, and that's why I'm bringing it up, is, you know, I, I'll never forget the first time Jared popped me in the face. 
<laughs> it doesn't take much. I, I, I just because we had talked we had talked a lot about it beforehand, and it was sort of one of those things where he liked, you know, we started out and we were kind of dancing around, and he was like, right, I'm gonna hit you in a minute. And I was like, Yeah, all right, great. And then he hit me, and I was like, Oh, Jesus, that hurt. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and because here's what we talk about, you know, he punched me in the face the first time, and I mean it slowed down. Everything slowed mm-hmm. down, and I thought, okay, number one. Don't get it in the face again. This yep. sucks. <laughs> then after a few minutes of trying to not get it in the face, I thought, I probably got to throw a punch back at him at this point. I wonder if I can <laughs> Right? But I'm saying, dude, there was just something about in being in that moment where, I mean, as a kid getting to fights with my brothers, you know, we just start throwing haymakers. I never uh, really thought much about, you know, what I was doing or how. It was just, I'm going to throw punches and he's going to throw punches and we'll see what happens. And and to be in a situation where, again, I really enjoyed my sparring session with Jared because after that first punch, everything got slow. And I was able to look at him and, and watch for his shoulders to move. So I, I knew if something was coming, I could better prepare myself. And then, of course, I had to start fronting some sort of offensive. And after the fight, Jared said to me, you know, you're very lucky because not a lot of people have that. Most yeah. people get punched in the face. and forget it it's it's yep. ju- I'm, i gotta start throwing hands i'm curious your reaction to uh, again sort of that that first time in there getting popped and and did this come to you naturally or did it take you some time to like okay yeah better not do that again the background okay like i said i go on mosh pits i've, I've had ribs cracked i've had teeth knocked out of come back bleeding they're going to work the next day with black eyes and they're getting hit and like something like that. I'm used to getting hit, but getting hit uh, on purpose and very effectively. You know, and seeing you know those those big gloves. It's like I'm gonna get hit. It's not gonna hurt that bad. It, it, you feel it. Gloves and the headgear. It's a different kind of different kind of getting hit, and it's a steep learning curve. I feel like there was a mat that uh, was in mosh pits, and the first time I played basketball with you, I was like, "Who is this kid? Like, where?" <laughs> Does that come from like watching Joe play wiffle ball when he's diving and hopping up over the fence and stuff? And you're like, come on, come on. Yeah, come on. Angels in the outfield, like made for TV movie. What's going on here, really? You know, Matt 360 dunks. And I'm like, is that the kid from the thing? Still 100 um, on the inside, man. <laughs> but, um, I, so I feel like there was mosh pit mentality and then there was like basketball game mentality where you, cause you're a good passer, you're, oh, you do all the fundamental yeah. things. Since I was 13. So yeah. you thought that boxing would take a little bit more of this mosh pit oh, yeah. mentality and a lot less of that tactical basketball mentality. Yeah. And over the course of two, three fights figured out, this is basketball plus some. Yeah. Like you gotta go in there with a real plan. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, and no, Joe. From my from my perspective, the answer's no. When he got hit, he reacted to swing back, <laughs> and it took it took a few more sets for that to turn into. Wait a minute. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's a way to win this. Like I said, he picked apart a guy who has a draw with the heavyweight champion. That's like. That's 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 the, probably his uh his his best fight. Yeah. 
and just showed his athleticism and his quickness and all of these things that he'd learned. If that first Matt gets into that fight with Nick, it's a problem. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. Nick will wipe the floor with that, Matt. He kind of counterpunched you three or four times and probably ended in the first or early in the second. Yeah. And uh turned turned it from a from a losing fight into a into a winning fight. For all mm-hmm. Caught me a few good times. I definitely had to eat it and keep going to make it less obvious to the judges on that one. He he hit me hard and I hit him. I just got him more often, I think. Oh yeah. Well and wore him a little better. Yeah. And you wore him better. All right, Matt, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, before we leave, who you got tonight? Poirier or McGregor? Yeah, Poirier. Have to. Although McGregor's not there anymore. All right. Hell yeah. The whole <laughs> show going Poirier. I, I love it. So make sure you check out Throwing Jabs Podcast on YouTube and Facebook. I'll whoop Jake's Paul's ass. Sander, I'll whoop Jake Paul's ass. Tweet him. Email him, send him a message in a bottle. I will with Jake Paul. I will whoop your ass. I'm ready. I've been training. I'll whoop Jake Paul's ass. Let's Four dollars. Uh, he would knock. He would knock me I'll out like two dollars cash. He would knock me out like Nate Robinson. <laughs> I'll be out cold for like two weeks. Yeah. I hate Jake Paul, but I, 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 at this point, it, it's hard to say that that Jake Paul. Um, is not a boxer of sorts. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm comfortable going a little beyond that with this kid at this point. I still want to see him fight a real fighter, uh, and then we can talk. But you know, he's off to a good start. To bring it back to what we were just talking about, I, I think yeah, Jake Paul's more like that mosh pitter guy than he is the basketball guy. There you, you go. Know? Hey, who you got boxing match, McGregor or uh, Jake Paul? Hey, we can talk about that next week after Conor McGregor gets floored, and that's the only fight you can make. <laughs> so, uh, if I don't get to Jake Paul first, I'm coming for you, Jake Paul. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. Yep. For myself, Big Jace, Joe Aguirre, Jared Jones, this has been Throwing Jazz Podcast. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the fights tonight. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts 
so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.